This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. want to thank our sponsor, R&B Car Company. Again, they have a bunch of used cars, trucks, SUVs, minivans, crossovers, even some motorcycles. Go to rbcarcompany.com. And again, check out the latest promotional offers that they have available for all of you. All right, so impeachment. Uh, My audio queued up, Yosef. All right, earlier today, we did talk about, well, actually, I played you some audio bits, and I talked about uh, what uh, former Attorney General of Florida, Pam Bondi, she had some very good points earlier today about impeachment. She brought it up about Burisma and Hunter Biden and why the Democrats are going out of their way to lie to you, uh, that the accusations against Hunter Biden are a hoax. They're not real. They're debunked because they're not. They're all credible and they're ongoing and they don't come from Trump. They don't come from Rudy Giuliani. They don't come from some blogger somewhere. They don't come from Fox News. They don't come from Casey Hendrickson. They come from higher elements of the Ukrainian government in both parliament, law enforcement, and the executive, okay? So those are all real charges that need to be investigated, especially since we have a treaty with them that requires our cooperation. And right now, we are in violation of that treaty, and I think the president is not going along with it just because if the Ukrainians do get visas, as they have requested, they do come to the United States, as they've requested, and they do present their evidence against Hunter and Joe Biden, as they have requested, even though they made a lot of that evidence public, Um, If that happens, the Democrats and the media are just going to go through this whole collusion thing again, and it's going to be a whole other deal that the president has to deal with. So I do understand why they're delaying all of that. But from the Ukrainian perspective, the Ukrainians are like, hey, $7 billion was stolen from us and laundered through a company with very big contacts with the Democratic Party, and money got into the hands of prominent Democrats. That is money that was stolen from us. We have evidence that the Democrats also engaged in election meddling, and we want to present it. So from the Ukrainian standpoint, they have these legal cases that they want to proceed with. And from the Trump, the the Trump, not campaign, but the Trump administration standpoint is, okay, but not right now. Because if you do this, we're going to have to deal with that mess on top of all of this other stuff. So let us get through this first, and then let's see what happens. So Alan Dershowitz, widely regarded as the the greatest attorney in the United States of America. He's a Harvard Law professor. He is a liberal Democrat, and he is a man that I have great disagreements with, but a lot of respect for, always have. When Alan Dershowitz says something, you have to listen to what he says, okay? Nobody's 100% right, nobody's 100% wrong, but Alan Dershowitz knows his stuff probably better than anybody else in the country when it comes to the law. And Alan Dershowitz is on the legal defense team of President Donald Trump. This is Alan Dershowitz's opening statement. I obviously will not play you the entire statement, but I encourage you to listen to his statement yesterday in the Senate. This is Alan Dershowitz. Members of the Senate, our friends, lawyers, fellow lawyers, it's a great honor for me to stand before you today to present a constitutional argument against the impeachment and removal not only of this president, but of all and any future presidents who may be charged with the unconstitutional grounds of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. 
I stand before you today as I stood in 1973 and 1974 for the protection of the constitutional and procedural rights of Richard Nixon, who I personally abhorred, and whose impeachment I personally favored. And as I stood for the rights of Bill Clinton, who I admired, and whose impeachment I strongly opposed. I stand against the application and misapplication of the constitutional criteria in every case and against any president without regard to whether I support his or her parties or policies. I would be making the very same constitutional argument had Hillary Clinton, for whom I voted, been elected and had a Republican House voted to impeach her on these unconstitutional grounds. I am here today because I love my country and our Constitution. Everyone in this room shares that love. I will argue that our Constitution and its terms, high crimes and misdemeanors, do not encompass the two articles charging abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. In offering these arguments, I stand in the footsteps and in the spirit of Justice Benjamin Curtis, who was of counsel to impeach President Andrew Johnson, and who explained to the Senate that, quote, a greater principle was at stake than the fate of any particular president. And of William Everts, a former Secretary of State, another one of Andrew Johnson's lawyers, who reportedly said that he had come to the defense table not as a partisan, not as a sympathizer, but to defend the Constitution. The Constitution, of course, provides that the Senate has the sole role and power to try all impeachments. In exercising that power, the Senate must consider three issues in this case. The first is whether the evidence presented by the House managers establishes, by the appropriate standard of proof, proof beyond a reasonable doubt, that the factual allegations occurred. The second is whether, if these factual allegations occurred, did they rise to the level of abuse of power and or obstruction of Congress. Finally, the Senate must determine whether abuse of power and obstruction of Congress are constitutionally authorized criteria for impeachment. The first issue is largely factual, and I leave that to others. The second is a combination of traditional and constitutional law, and I will touch on those. The third is a matter of pure constitutional law. Do charges of abuse and obstruction rise to the level of impeachable offenses under the Constitution? I will begin as all constitutional analysis begins with the text of the Constitution governing impeachment. I will then examine why the framers selected the words they did as the sole criteria authorizing impeachment. In making my presentation, I will transport you back to a hot summer in Philadelphia and a cold winter in Washington. I will introduce you to patriots and ideas that helped shape our great nation. To prepare for this journey, I have immersed myself in a lot of dusty old volumes from the 18th and 19th century. I ask your indulgence as I quote from the wisdom of our founders. Now, what he does at that point is he goes through and he actually quotes the founding fathers on impeachment and what would and would not constitute an impeachable offense because they wrote actually a great length about it. 
And what he ends up pointing out is that they believed, obviously, we have bribery, high crimes and misdemeanors, but that the founding fathers, when they were looking at the provisions of impeachment, that it had to be something that uh, was done against the United States. Otherwise, it would just be something like uh, undoing an election. Alan Dershowitz had a very powerful moment. I went and I tried to find the the audio. I didn't have time to get through all of his testimony. I was trying to here in the last news break to find it specifically, but it is in this this um, this link here that I am going to show. Alan Dershowitz starts speaking at about six hours and fifty minutes or so into. Uh, the video that I'm going to include in the Daily Show prep that you just heard from, okay? And Alan Dershowitz goes into, he goes, let's look at previous presidents who, under the criteria set forth with these two articles of impeachment, would have been impeached with the current criteria that the House team is applying to President Trump. And he started off with George Washington, who refused to hand over documents about various agreements, and he went through all of these, these presidents throughout history that would have, based on their behavior, been impeached. If you applied the current standard that Democrats are trying to apply to, to President Trump. Now, again, I want to remind everybody that abuse of power is subjective. When you say that somebody abused their power, it doesn't mean that a crime was committed. And there has been no crime here, and it's totally subjective. So that is a phrase that you have to go out there, and Dershowitz went into this, you have to go out there and make that case to the American people at election time, because abuse of power may not be criminal, and it might be completely subjective. So if you feel that President Trump has abused his power, okay. He hasn't committed a crime, though, so you've got to go out there and tell the, the voters he, he abused his power, and here's how we say that he abused his power. And then either the American people are going to believe you or they won't believe you. President Obama abused his power a lot. He still got reelected. It's that simple. Well, Casey, the government accountability office says that President Trump did break the law when he withheld those funds. Okay. okay. I disagree with their assessment and they have been wrong many times. And there's a lot of lawyers who say that what they're saying is wrong. You could read U.S. law and it would seem to indicate that the government accountability office is wrong. And I would also like to point out that the GAO said that Obama violated the law seven times. So Obama should have at least been impeached seven times. But it didn't happen. So when he goes through and he says all of these presidents would have been impeached for this. And he gave the other um, he gave the other bit, too, about um, the executive privilege. You know, if Congress asks for documents and a president doesn't turn over those documents because they say, I have executive privilege here, I don't have to turn these over, and there's a disagreement between the executive branch and the legislative branch on whether or not executive privilege applies to those documents, you would go to the courts. And the courts would decide if the president does have executive privilege on those documents or if the president has to turn those documents over to Congress. And the president supported going before a court And having them rule on that, the Democrats in the House refused and instead drafted articles of impeachment and said that he's obstructing Congress, which is a crime that does not exist in legal code. So the president has the authority to withhold those documents. Congress doesn't have the ability to demand without opposition those documents. 
And if there's a disagreement, you go to the courts. And the president said, all right, let's go to the courts and let's see what the courts say. And the Democrats objected to that and wrote up articles of impeachment on it instead. There's no crime here. That's the thing that everybody has to understand. Representative Jordan, again, four facts that don't change. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Oh, by the way, the other big news of the day, apparently, is that Mitt Romney is drinking chocolate milk. And he's apparently the first senator that they've ever seen drink chocolate milk in the Senate. So that's news, I guess. Um uh, <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Casey Hendrickson here, 95.3 MNC. Sweet. MNC. A couple of things uh, regarding the GAO report and John Bolton. Okay, so the GAO report that Trump violated the law, that this is their assertion that he violated the law. This is not the end-all, be-all. Okay? This is their opinion that he violated the law when he decla- uh, delayed, not declared, delayed funds to Ukraine. Now, again, if you read U.S. legal code on this, that would appear to not be true. And if that were true, Joe Biden broke the law a lot more than Trump did. But I digress. The GAO report is irrelevant. The Bolton information is completely irrelevant. There are two articles of impeachment that the House of Representatives voted on. The GAO report has nothing to do with those two articles. The Bolton draft book allegations, which are not validated or confirmed, have nothing to do with the two articles of impeachment. The House of Representatives voted on what they think they have as far as impeachment. And they voted for two things that are not crimes, and they sent them over there. And quid pro quo was not one of them. So none of the other stuff is even pertinent to the current trial anyway. But they're trying to add it because they're not concerned at all with the law. They're not concerned with the Constitution. They're not concerned with any legalities here. They're concerned because they know how this is going to go. This is the thing. From the Democrats, you have to understand something. They know they're not going to impeach him. It's not going to happen. There is no evidence against Donald Trump. Period. You may not like the man at all, but there is no evidence against him. He has broken no laws that we are aware of. Okay? He's not going to be impeached. He likely wouldn't be impeached. Well, I shouldn't say this. I was going to say he likely wouldn't be impeached even if the Democrats controlled the Senate, but I don't know if that's the case because it shouldn't happen because he didn't commit a crime. But He's also not going to be impeached, not just because he didn't commit a crime, but because the Republicans control everything. Okay? So if you are honest about this trial, the president is going to be he's going to be cleared. There's going to be no removal from office. We're going to go back to day one and it's just going to be business as usual. The Democrats will try and find something else to impeach him on and they'll continue this charade throughout the remainder of his presidency, whether it's this term or next term. Okay. But they know that they're not going to win this. So what they're trying to do is they are trying to plead a case to vote against Donald Trump in the upcoming election in November. So what they feel they can do is they can bring all of these things that have absolutely nothing to do with the case they're all hearsay and then they will be able to go out there and make this case to smear the president on national tv even more so than they currently do under the guise of it being official and relevant in some way all right 
That's all this is about. This is a giant campaign rally. This has nothing to do with any actual impeachment, any actual constitutional authority, any actual laws. This is purely a, a coordinated campaign event. That's all it is. So if they can get evidence from the GAO's assessment, which I believe is incorrect, if they can get evidence of the GAO's assessment added to it, even though it is completely irrelevant to this case, they will do it. Why? Because they think it'll damage the president in November. If they can get Bolton to testify, then they will do so, even though his testimony and what is being alleged has absolutely nothing to do with the current case. And it's funny because Adam Schiff was out there today and he's going, you cannot have a fair trial if you do not call witnesses. <laughs> Says the guy that didn't allow Republicans or the president to have witnesses or evidence admitted in the, the, the House hearings. Plus, that's not the Senate's job. That's the House's job. And if the House didn't do their job, too bad. Like I said, you can't get to the point where you're at the closing arguments in a trial and say, hey, I want to retry this entire case because I totally screwed up. You can't do that. That's not how it works. But that's exactly what they're trying to do. And like I said, it's all it's a giant campaign rally. That's all this is. That's all this is. Yeah, I'll take cold calls. Sure. 574-2595-953 if you want to call. People are asking if they can get on the air with me. Sure, absolutely. 574-2595-953. But it is. It's just a campaign rally. None of this stuff is relevant. The Bolton stuff, it's not even a crime. What is being alleged in the Bolton, it's all hearsay at this point. Highly dubious that Vinman's twin brother, uh, was, was it Vinman's? Yeah, I think it was Vinman's twin brother, was the guy who apparently leaked them. Uh, but at the same time, the stuff that is alleged in the draft of Bolton's book isn't even a crime. <laughs> so you're sitting there going, okay. So even if it is true, it still has nothing to do with, with, it's not illegal, it has nothing to do with impeachment, nothing. But again, people just want to believe what they want to believe because they don't like the guy. And okay, I guess tribalism is very alive and well. Mike, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Hi, Casey. What's Mike up? Climbers. I just want, uh, want to ask a quick question. Okay. Um, how I've learned a lot from you. I love listening to you. And I just, so I've, something's been bugging me. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Joe's um, coming through a little bit. Sorry. So, so I, um, uh, I heard on the radio this morning that if, if Joe Biden's son is, is brought to, uh, to testify that he's going to plead the fifth. Well, how, how come, how come the Republicans never, why didn't they just plead the fifth? What, I don't know. Why can a Democrat not go to prison? How, how can they just plead the fifth? I don't understand that. Uh, yeah, I'd have to look into it to be perfectly honest with you because, you know, if, if Hunter Biden is called as a witness and this isn't an actual criminal trial of Hunter Biden, I, I don't know that he can plead the fifth because he's not on trial. So how is Hunter Biden going to plead the fifth if he's not on trial and it's not even a criminal trial? This is an impeachment trial and he's just a witness. I, if you're a witness, oh. can't you be compelled to testify? Oh, okay, because they were, they were making the analogy about... That when I heard that there was the, the person on the radio, they were I mean, to the head of the IRS, how she got off. Well, I mean, they they might, they, I don't know, they might be right. Um, I'd have to look at it. I, I don't know enough about it. But the thing is, they haven't allowed any witnesses to come forward for the Republicans yet. That's the issue. 
So in the House, they allowed they, they allowed no Republican witnesses whatsoever. And then they tried to say that they did allow Republican witnesses, but those weren't Republican witnesses. Those were all Democrat chosen witnesses, even if they were there on behalf of the Republicans. And the Republicans made this point in the hearings, both in the Intelligence and Judiciary Committees, that you haven't allowed us to call any witnesses or submit any any actual evidence. So and then you got Adam Schiff today going, well, you can't have witnesses with a fair, you can't have a fair trial without witnesses. But they haven't allowed any witnesses. So there hasn't even been an opportunity for a Republican to claim the fifth. And I don't know how that would even apply with an impeachment trial versus a criminal trial. To be perfectly honest with you, Mike, I, I would have to go over it. I'm not I'm not an expert on this process. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting it, it angle. Just, it just seems so weird today when Joe Biden tells the whole world that I did what we're trying to what we impeach Trump for. And there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing. It's not just that Joe Biden is doing that. Um, they're claiming that, well, that was the official policy of the United States. Okay. Guess who sets the official policy of the United States? The president does. Thank you. So the president has the authority to do it. So if Joe Biden was acting under the authority of President Obama, then Joe Biden was authorized to do what he did. And again, President Trump can do the same thing. So it, exactly. it like I said, it's it's this whole thing is hypocritical and laughable. But that's, it's a camp. All... It's a campaign rally. They know they're not going to win this thing. The president isn't guilty of anything. It's just about trying to manipulate the November results. That's all it is. Thanks, Casey. You bet. I appreciate it, Mike. I'll look a little bit more into that if they can actually plead the fifth. I don't know if they can, but I'll look into it. I appreciate the call, man. We got a roll. We got more coming up on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. So, fun fact, okay? Ted Cruz has a podcast. I did not know that Senator Cruz had a podcast. Well, well, Casey, he's the Zodiac killer, so of course he's yeah, a podcast. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so, but here's here's the thing. i got to start listening to this, because apparently Ted Cruz's podcast... Is all about murderers. ...is now, well, he is a former lawyer. Um, well, I guess technically current lawyer. But apparently it's the number one podcast in the country to surpass Joe Rogan's podcast for downloads. And I didn't know it. Now, I don't know if that's one platform or if that's universal. I'm not sure. But uh, so I thought that was interesting. Regardless, he's got a podcast that is apparently really good. I'm going to start listening to it. Well, the reason I bring this up is because the last caller, Mike, asked about Hunter Biden pleading the fifth. And attorney and senator on the Judiciary Committee, by the way, uh, former presidential candidate Ted Cruz addressed this on his podcast today. I didn't hear it, but apparently he said, Hunter Biden would be granted immunity so that way he didn't have to plead the fifth. So technically he could, but he wouldn't. So they would give him immunity so he wouldn't have to plead the fifth so he'd be able to testify. So that would be interesting. All right, 574-2595-3. Bob, got to make it quick, though. I'm almost out of time. Hey, I just wanted to uh, uh, clear something up that you had said earlier. Um, You had said that... uh, Trump being impeached. Uh, as far as I knew, Trump's been impeached, and he always will be impeached. And the trial, no, uh, the trial is not as removed from office. No, That's he he's quick. here's the, here's the thing. Yeah, Dershowitz Dershowitz answered this a couple of days ago. And here's the thing: we always refer to President Clinton as being impeached. So yes, people always refer to President Trump being impeached, but. 
Um, as Dershowitz said, if if he is uh, cleared in the Senate, then impeachment essentially from a legal definition goes away. But you're right. People will always refer to him as being impeached. Yeah. I but mean, as far as actual impeachment is concerned, no, he's not. He's not been impeached. Uh, President Johnson in the 1800s, we still refer to it as impeached. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the House, the House voted know, for impeach. The House voted for impeachment. Yes, people refer to that. But technically, from a legal standpoint, impeachment goes away if the Senate exonerates him. Yes. So Clinton isn't impeached then. Uh, well, technically, yeah, technically. Uh, All right, I got I got a roll though. I'm out of time. Appreciate the call. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. All right. Welcome back to the program. So first of all, we've had a really big day on the live stream on YouTube, and I really appreciate that. If you would like to subscribe to my YouTube channel, I'm going to have new segments coming where I'm actually going to do some commentary just for YouTube. Uh, go to YouTube.com slash the host. Please subscribe to my channel there. Make sure you like the videos. You know, give me a thumbs up, that sort of thing. Ring that bell icon so that we get notifications when I go live. And just because we ran out of time with the last caller, there's... There's a wording issue with the impeachment thing. So the House of Representatives has the sole power to impeach. And therefore, from the House's perspective, if they vote to impeach a president, they're always impeached. Okay, But the Senate tries the impeachment. And if the Senate doesn't convict, then you've been charged but not convicted. So then there's the other argument, the legal argument, which is, well, yeah, you were charged with a crime, but you weren't convicted of the crime. So the crime goes away. So, again, it's a word thing. Regardless, we will always refer, there will be a, a large number of people who always refer to Donald Trump as being impeached, uh, just like we do with Bill Clinton and other presidents in the past. So, it, yes, it's, it's going to be a language thing, but for all intents and purposes, if he's not removed, he's not convicted, it's, it, he's not been impeached. It's time for Bill O'Reilly and the O'Reilly update here. Oh, wait, I did it again, didn't I? I'm so used to getting out at that. You realize I've been doing that for like seven years, though? All right, now it's time for Bill O'Reilly. Have a wonderful night.